Mona Elgarby is a recent graduate from Southern Methodist University, where she studied business management, biology, and human rights. In college, she combined her passions for natural beauty and empowerment of others to start her first startup, Curlay, a hair tech startup that uses AI-centered approach to customize natural hair products for curls and coils, making the natural hair journey quick and easy. After college, Mona's taking Curlay full-time and is working to scale her brand to continue to command natural hair as an elegant in all contexts and combat hair-based discrimination. She's the boss. Tap in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Campus Cuts. I'm your host, Nathan Taba, and today I have a very special, wonderful guest, somebody that I've been trying to get on the podcast forever. She is um, the pure definition of a multi-hyphenate, multi-dimensional, um, somebody that is advocating for a community, someone that is willing to put live her life on mission. She is an activist. She is a entrepreneur. She is a graduated with a triple major, um, a consultant, a beautician. You talk about somebody that is literally putting it on for not only her city, not only for her university, but for her country and for all women everywhere. She is one of my favorite people on earth. And I'm super honored to be able to hold this space with the one and only Mona Garby. Mona, welcome to the show. Hi, what an introduction. Thank you, Tanaka. Thank you for having me here. I'm finally on the podcast. I know we've been like talking about this for like forever. So I'm excited. Yeah, for a year plus. (laughs) I mean, uh, (laughs) I mean, no, honestly, though. I'm just, uh, I'm really, really excited just for you to be on the plat- on the platform. Um, you know, I love everything that you're doing. And one, I just want to say I'm super proud of you. I'm super proud of your resilience and your hard work. And of course, like, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you that intro because... Thank you. <laughs> I think you... Oh, no. Yeah. I cut out. My wife was bad today. But I said, yeah, of course, I'm going to give you that intro. You deserve it. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, of course, I gave you a little introduction of who you are. So, But I want you to introduce yourself. So what is your name, your occupation, and your hometown? And let's dive into it. Okay, awesome. So, name, my occupation is I am a CEO of a hair technology company, Curlay. Um, it is a customized curly hair product company. And my city is Dallas, Texas, but I'm originally from Egypt, Alexandria, Egypt. Okay, okay, okay. Well, now we know a little bit about who you are um, and what you do. Um, I just want to get for you to dive into your story a little bit of how, what it was like coming over to America and just getting your footing into, you know, developing into the person that you are today. Yeah, so honestly, my journey is kind of untraditional in the fact that I've always wanted to do a lot more than just one thing. So when I was younger, um, I wanted to be a lawyer first, and then I wanted to be a doctor. And just these are all things that like came up because of the way that I was raised as a Arab American. Um, and just like ethnic parents typically want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or, so, or engineer. engineer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I got into college 
and I studied, I went to SMU and I was able to like not only double major, but triple major in the three things that I found most passionate, right? I love impact. So I worked on human rights and I did a human rights major. Um, I absolutely love science. So I did a biochemistry major and then I did uh, business because business is like kind of how I developed my, my life um, in terms of like entrepreneurial mindset. It's always been there for me. Um, even when I was like five years old, I've had like business ideas and it's kind of crazy to see that I've finally developed my like actual company now. So it's it's been a journey, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why three majors? <laughs> okay, so it started off like this. I wanted three careers, three, three, like I had three passions, right? So I yeah. wanted to be a doctor. I wanted a nonprofit clinic so that there comes in the science major and the human rights major. And then I wanted to have a business on the side. Curl A had been a idea since I was in middle school. Mm. Um, having custom curly hair products has been an idea since I figured out how to do my hair. Um, but then going to university, I started realizing that this was like a very tangible idea. And it was something that like nobody has done. Um, technology behind specifics of curly hair and making sure that like products are made custom to these people isn't something that's very common in the natural hair field. Um, so I thought that was the biggest opportunity. So that's kind of what I'm doing full time now. Right, right, right. That's good. And you, uh, honestly, if you've you know had me on your little hair, actually, no, 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 not little. You've had me on your platform talk about you know my own hair journey. Clearly, hair is longer now. Wild. Um, and so, what? Obviously, for you, that is somebody that is building out a um, a hair company, a cosmetics company. Um, we see the likes of Rihanna, we've seen the likes of Lori Harvey and many other women of representation, women of color, um, now putting me on the forefront. How does that feel in order to feel like, you know, to be seen and heard and validated in this space? You know, it's kind of interesting because I'm one in the tech company, I'm in cosmetics and I'm also in tech. So I get to yeah. see both sides right so in cosmetics we are starting to see like a representation of black and brown women of color and it's absolutely beautiful and i absolutely love it actually like the majority of people that are starting businesses are women of color now and i absolutely am for it um but then you see the tech side of things and you're like wait like this is weird. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I kind of like that side more. Can we, like, get the tech side to be more representative? Um, and we're working on it, but it's it's different. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how in the technology, like, and so what ways are you in to the tech side? Is it through your back end of in terms of, like, your platforming of how you're shipping the products? And so, yeah, yeah. Essentially, the way we are going about hair is through technology and science. So every single one of our products are customized specifically to the hair type and texture of porosity and like specific wow. So right. So for us to be able to do that at a larger scale, we use technology to do that. 
And so that's kind of where the tech comes in because oftentimes when you're trying to find a product, it takes like 10, 15 products for one to work for your hair. And it's because there's so many different like aspects of everyone's hair. Um, so we use technology and science to kind of do that for us. Mm, so you basically, and, and so for each and every hair type, that's a lot of research and development. And so obviously I remember when you, when you first started this, you know, uh, seeing on LinkedIn, seeing on the IG, seeing on Facebook. And so how does one able, like talk about the very first time where you were able to mix and try to find that, you know, that right thing for the right hair type. And how did you test it on somebody? Like talk, talk through the steps. So that's actually funny. The first time I made products, it just like did not go the way it wanted to, to like the stuff that, so you have to like mix different things. And sometimes it's like different temperatures. And when you mix something of like totally different temperatures, things like explode. So the first time, first time I made products, it actually like kind of exploded. Um, wow. And you know, I've definitely like, come along since and now we're like hiring manufacturers hopefully in the process of interviewing manufacturers that are specific to our industry um but it's definitely been a journey and that's why it's taken so long for us to grow for us to really perfect every single detail because at the end of the day our impact the goal of Corelli's impact is to empower people to feel elegant and beautiful in their hair and there are so many different aspects that come with that so like the porosity you have to test that on different people you have to see okay i have all these friends or i have all these people that have this specific thing um and that they're like trying to figure out about their hair so we would make products according to that and see if it worked um and we had a lot of groups where we kind of just like tested products and it was, it really started off with like me and family friends and family and like all my friends. And I was like, hey, come over, I'll give you product. Let me know what you think. And then it kind of grew from there. Right, right, right. You know, and of course, I, I, and you talked about it a lot. You decided to create because you had a problem and you felt like now with this problem of your own hair, and now you're providing a solution for other people with their own hair. Like, you know, you're on the other side. How does that feel? Because, and I, I was talking to one of my mentors and somebody that I'm working with, and he said that like, there's only two people in this world. There's the creator, and there's the consumer, and then there's the creator. And most, most time, people in their lifetime will only be consumers, right? Um, which is unfortunate. And then like the chasm between then jumping into a creator. I want you to talk about like, just like you jumping over to the under, other side and what does that mean to you? So for me, it was kind of a gradual process, right? So it's it really started with my journey. It started when I didn't know how to do my hair um, my mom didn't do my hair. She'd always keep my hair in braids. Um, and so I learned and taught myself when I was in middle school, right? And then when I started to develop that knowledge, people started coming to me and were like, hey, like, 
how can you help me do my hair and make it look good? And I was like always super excited about that. And so that's kind of where it started from. It was like, okay, how can I make people products or like how can I ensure that people find the products that work for them? And that's that was my idea in middle school. Now fast forward to past post college, I was now it feels amazing for me to be able to really honestly empower people to feel beautiful in their natural hair. I used to be, I, oftentimes I was bullied for my like unattractive, ugly hair. And now I'm like teaching people to do their hair and like teaching people different ways that they can feel beautiful in their natural. And I think it's like what keeps me going, even when things aren't going well with the company, it's, it really is like my driving factor. It's like the craziest feeling. Yeah. That's good. That is so good. And I mean, for anybody out there who has a dream or has a vision of being able to stretch your own thing, remember it like, it, it only takes one step and like it's a baby steps. And then hopefully these baby steps will like, you know, the compounding effect will continue to, you know, come out there and it will, it will come. And so did you ever like, has there been any um, sort of um, frustration of not being where you want to be and how do you handle that yep <laughs> <laughs> so i work in a uh in a incubator and i was actually just talking to some of my like like friends that are also owners of companies about the journey of entrepreneurship and how it is so glorified but actually kind of like like not that at all like at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, you at at the point that you are already a VC, already getting investors, already getting these things, or if you're trying to build it with like non-dilutive funding, it's the ghetto until it's not, right? Like it's it's like really you're in the trenches working, bootstrapping, trying to get it done, like literally talking to as many people as you can and sometimes like business doesn't go the way you wanted it it takes so much longer so much longer than you think it's gonna longer. <laughs> like but like what keeps me going really is like me knowing that i'm there are corporations out there that are trying to do like trying to offer products but they're not doing it with the intentions and the impact that I'm trying to do it. And I'm trying to make a difference and make feel make people actually feel confident with like really good products that are good for them inside, outside, like everything. And like, there's nobody, I, I'm convinced that like, everyone who's an entrepreneur is passionate about what they're doing for the impact they're doing. There's no chance that a large corporation can kind of crush them unless they like, like, like really crush them, right? Or like they're really intentional about it. Um, I think entrepreneurship is definitely kind of one of those things that you have to like really focus on the process and not the results. Because yeah. if you're focusing on money and results, you're gonna you're gonna be burnt out. You're gonna burn out. <laughs> like that's about it. Yeah, 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 man. The process and the results. Oh man, you can say that again. But I mean, of course, you know, you're a Capricorn and you know, us Capricorns are very stubborn. 
and we don't give up. Like, <laughs> That's also a good factor. <laughs> you got to be really hard-minded. <laughs> so very hard-minded, and it's like, we're going to make sure that it goes through. Even yeah. what it means when something doesn't go through, we always find a way to make it go through because we have exactly. no choice. Exactly. Uh, uh. And, and it's so, like, while navigating that, you know, of course, you stay focused and, and minded. How do you take care of yourself? What are some of the ways that you, what are some of the ways that you do this in order to de-stress, making sure that you make time for your family, if you make time for them or whatever, like how are you able to be able to uh, make sure that you have that balance? Yeah, so it's honestly difficult. Like you can get lost in being a workaholic. You can get lost in like, okay, I have to get this done. And then you can end up working until 5 a.m. Like that it, I see myself doing myself, doing that all the time but honestly I'm working on myself I really am um and some of the things that I do to like really balance is like I'm an extrovert so I love talking to new people I love to go out um and like experience different types of life I love to travel I travel once a month um and I make sure to make time for my family because my family are the people that love me most so honestly it's a balance of like stepping away when you understand that like some you need to step away um take a break come back you're typically more productive if you take a break um and just focusing on like how you can connect with people as connect with people have good times um the whole like stigma around like entrepreneurship you have to like cut off social life so that you can fully focus on entrepreneurship i don't really believe in that some people do that and some people like thrive in that environment. Um, but I feel like if you are trying to build for the right reasons, you want the people that you love there with you. So continue right. to build those type of relationships. Right, right. Man, that's uh, that's really good. You need the right people. And, and at the end of the day, it's more of whenever you would jump into this journey. And I think if anything, the heart should always be people, right? But we also we often get times get lost in the sauce when we're not doing things for people and trying to, you know, trying to get ulterior motives and everything like that. So, like, how are you able to make sure that you're focusing on people? I try to really, I try to really like every day at the at the end of the day, I try to reassess what I've done, right? So okay say that i worked from 8 in the morning until 8 at night and then i went um and had an interaction with someone i like to really assess like every detail that i do with everyone that i i'm talking to or like how i've done my work so that i can do at least a one percent better the next day um i like to like really think about like how i've talked to people i think my biggest passion is helping people find their passions. And like, I honestly think that the reason why I'm on this earth is to like try to inspire other people. And that's kind of like how I've tried to like live my life. So when I'm dealing with people, I try to like be my authentic self and like lend a hand if I'm, if it's needed or like do what I can, you know? Yeah, yeah. And on the other side, I mean, not everybody's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you are gotten to the point where you're scaling and you're hiring people. 
how does it feel to fire somebody? <laughs> I've only had to do that once. And it it was weird. It's it's a really weird place to be because I was hiring people while still in college. And then a lot of the people I focused on honestly young talent because I think that young talent is the most has the most potential in the business that I'm doing. Um and so it was like a classmate that I had to fire. And it was really, really weird. I was like, hey, like, look, um, honestly, like, I think there was some pra best practices that I wasn't really practicing. Like, I think your first firing experience is always like a really weird time. But I was like, hey, look, like, I love your work, but also like, it's not going to be fitting for the, the, the vision of the company. And I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I was like, yeah, we can't work any work together any longer. Um, it's just weird. It's just really weird. You, you learn how to hire and fire through practice. I think the first time anyone fires anyone, it's like a weird experience. It's a good idea. Like, because, you know, like maybe that one day you might have to like, you know, fire them. Of course, you know, there's such a thing as compartmentalization. Like, you know, you put things in compartments and whatever, but like to an extent, like, have you, like, how does that make you feel? Cause of course you want everybody around you to eat. You want every. Should you even hire friends anyway? I think that hiring friends is like a very gray space, right? So like hiring your friends specifically for their work, like say I know someone who's very, very great at interior design. And this is kind of like not my field, but like she's really great at interior design. Um, and she happens to be my friend and she's super qualified for the job then yes, but I don't think that mixing friendship and um, mixing friendship and like hiring business people um, typically goes hand in hand unless they're like qualified for the position you're trying to hire for. Because at the end of the day, right, like it's a business, it's not a friend group. And a lot of times friends can create toxic cultures if it doesn't go well, or if it does go well, it could go really well. You just have to go like situation by situation, really. Okay, situation by situation basis. And now that being able to do that situation by situation basis, I mean, it is kind of hard because, of course, you know, you want people to be around you in order to help, you know, like, hey, like, be proud of you and all that stuff. But of course, you know, business is business. And of course, like, you know, typically in the sense of, you know, you are a woman in business. You're somebody that is, you know, building brands and like anything like that. And of course, business has always been like, you know, um, stereotyped as a man's game where you have to be tough, hard and mean right but then of course i put a i put a quote on there uh, like after like you know sarah blakely she sold her company or majority stake and and we've seen you know reese witherspoon and what's her name whitney wolf heard and a bunch of other business leaders who are coming up and i uh, my personal opinion and looking at the objective data 
um, women who happen to be in leadership position, whether CEO, executives, and that have a, a main woman audience tend to do better and perform better at like, I think it was like what, 63%, but no, yeah, 63% higher margins, higher revenue, higher, you know, just more impact at scale and understanding that the feminine traits in business, um, the feminine practices of empathy, love, creativity, and um, and just all these things that are, like, you know, are associated that are completely opposite. Like being a woman in business. Was the question, what's it like being a woman in business? Okay. Um, so I think it's not a male versus female mentality. I think it's different company owners should understand what field they're in and how they should treat their um, teams as such, right? So maybe in a technology company, or it really just depends on like how productive and the environment corporate culture you want, right? Um, for me, I'm a very big advocate of authenticity and just like positive vibes, good times environment when it comes to corporate, because I feel like there's more productivity when there's an environment where all ideas are accepted. Um, people have an ability to express all their creative like ideas um, and that's an, that's an environment for me um, that is a positive, charismatic environment um, with a mission of empowerment and like improvement of other people. Um, or when I, for example, when I'm hiring, one of the biggest things is for me to understand what that person, like mo sole motivators are and understanding if they fit in the company culture, right? because one bad apple can genuinely ruin the entire bunch, right? Um, I think it's not because I am a woman that I like a charismatic and positive environment, but I do think that in the business that I'm in for empowering of other people, we need to have an inclusive culture of empowerment and we need to basically emit that amongst our customers, everyone we're dealing with, um, because that's our culture being a woman in business doesn't make me more charismatic because i'm a woman but because i understand where i'm at and how i want my company to progress that's kind of the culture that i build mm, that's good very politically correct answer great job <laughs> no, no but it's no. Like a genuine answer like i really i know good I, I, yeah and, like, of course, of course. And like, but that, that's such a genuine, well, like the way that you presented it was just so um, eloquent. And, and, and it shows that, you know, you really do pay attention and, you know, pay, um, you're very mindful of what you are creating and how you're going to continue to put that into the world and allowing people to come into your space, right? And I think that just having that in, little bit like, that those little bits of intentionality of what you want, your mission, your vision, and, and what type of cultural values that you want in your establishment is honestly just a reflection of who you are as a human being, right? And that also has led into your, you know, you being an advocate for, you know, human rights and, um, and just being an activist. So, like, I want you to lean in more into that. Like, what, like, what kind of, what event triggered you personally for you to continue to be a, to be an advocate for, you know, for humans 
So it's people. honestly been my, yeah, <laughs> it's been a passion of mine since my very first protest, I think. And I think that was when I was like seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, so my parents have always been very, very passionate about like giving back to the community. Um, they, they ingrained it in us since we were very young that because we are blessed to be in the position that we are, it is our duty to essentially be able to give back to the community and not in the, oh, I'm, I'm writing a check kind of way, but more of the like actual impact, the actual like seeing what people actually need, seeing if you can provide that with whatever you, you have, even if it's just like a smile, right? Making someone's day. Um, I remember when I was younger, I would literally walk around with a smile all the time so I could like somehow make somebody's day. Like it was just like at that point. But honestly, I think the first time that I was like very in like into it was my first protest when I was like seven. It was an Egyptian protest um, for like what a good time, but it was a good time, yeah. It's a, <laughs> not a good time, but it was a good time. And of course, you know, you have been, of course, used your platform as a way to continue. And it's just not for Egyptians. You, you used your pro, like your your platform to as a way to continue to lift other people up, like genuinely. And it's really cool. And then so now, but of course, as you continue to get busier, um, well, not busier, as your as your company continues to scale and you continue to be more in the limelight, right? In what ways are you going to continue to generate impacts when you can't be everywhere else at one time? There's only one Mona. I think you can make impact in every moment um, if you're intentional, right? So, for example, when talking to, um, when hiring interns, my biggest thing is how can I teach them? How can they learn? How can they excel? Um, and I think that's one, of, one form of impact, keeping like educating people and putting giving them skill sets that makes them more ready for the workspace or more ready for like conquering the world, really. But then in every business that I'm in, I like to implement a form of impact. So, for example, with Curlay, um, we're actually interviewing nonprofits now to have partners. Um, we're going to partner with local organizations that really empower young individuals to reach their potential. And that's our goal with our form of impact. So I think for me, intentionality before, behind everything that I'm doing um, is how I'm being impactful, how the company is going to be impactful. What I'm doing is offering empowerment through natural hair. I think everything I try to do has to have some type of impact in it or I won't be as motivated to do it. And that's kind of just how I am. Mm, that's good. That is amazing. And now with that, of course, impact brings change. So, and now with that change, what are a couple of things that you would like to see change in the US? You know, especially mm -hmm. in a time like this, like what would you like to see change if you could change something? I think, I think change requires a top down and bottom up approach. Um, so for the biggest amount of change that I want to see in the U.S. is the increase of compassion towards minorities. Um, I, I do not, whether that's like all people of color, women, there needs to be a significant 
reparation behind all of the damage that has done in the in the since the founding of the country, right? Um, yeah. But that that requires a top down and bottom up approach. So, for example, um, I can bring up like the hmm, I can bring up like the current crisis at the border, right? Um, laws need to be passed so that inhumanities um are not like allowed right um i think a lot of human rights violations occur because of the ease of access of laws because of laws right um so there needs to be more compassion on that end and then there needs to be more of a voice from the the for a consistent voice right like we've had more um, people come out for the Black Lives Matter movement recently, um, not recently, but like this past summer, um, but it kind of died down, right? Um, so there were some sorts of things that came up in terms of reparations, but that wasn't enough. Uh, yeah. I think it's a consistent journey though. Like there's no one size fits all for any of the issues. You can't just be like, okay, women no longer have abortion rights. Um, and yeah, like there are just so many issues <laughs> that like, honestly, an overall increase of compassion and just like human rights, like upholding to human rights, that's honestly like all we need. But we need, yeah. we need people to do that. So that's yeah, top down bottom of approach. And like, and so, <laughs> Of course, I know. And of course, you think about impact all the time. How do you make how are you taking care of your mental health? Like, you know, in terms of like, you want to do something and you are doing things. But of course, you know, there's the other side where it's like, you know, there's the side of the back of our head. like, oh, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? Am I, no, 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 yeah. You're always aware, right? Super aware. Like, how do you how do you make sure that you're you um, ground yourself? especially with being somebody that is so passionate with uh, what you do? I think for me, it's um, like educating people around me so that if I'm not doing activism, if I'm not doing the impact, some people around me will feel inclined to do it um, in that way. I think I think I know. Um, yeah, I can hear, but, I can hear. Okay, okay. So... I think it's that, and then also just understanding that I am one person. Yes, I can do a lot of impact, and yes, I will continue to try to do as much impact as I can, but I'm not going to change the entire world, and that's okay. Like, as, as long as I make one person feel better about their day, or if, as long as I can show up for a protest, or as I can educate someone else, that's an accomplishment that wouldn't have been there without me. Um, and so that's kind of like how I keep myself from being like, oh, I haven't done that. Much. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. So, and I think that's really good to understand that, you know, you like, you come to the understanding that you can't change the world, but I can change the world around me. Yes, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, uh, of course, you are very, very busy, and I want to continue to be mindful of your time. So these are the last questions that I usually ask, right, uh, for my podcast guests. 
So my first question is, what are three things that you would tell to 18-year-old Mona? I would tell her that it's okay not to know where you're going in life. Um, honestly, God will take you wherever you wherever you like will go and continue to work and things will happen. Uh, I would say trust the process. Really understand that you're growing along the way, develop yourself. Um, and then honestly, have a good time. Just like enjoy the moment. Yeah. My last question is, what do you want your legacy to be? I want my legacy to be, I want to be remembered by being someone that impacted the people around me and inspired them to go after what they loved. That's kind of it. <laughs> wow. I heard that. I hope you can get it too. Wow. It's my last segment of the show. It's called the Speak Life segment where I get a chance and opportunity to speak life into my guest. Um, but I've known you since sixth grade, since the day, early days. We were jits, you know what I'm saying? That's what they say now. A long time. Bro, a long time. Um, wow. I just want to say wow. <laughs> like, you already know, man. I'm I'm speechless by you, speechless by your work ethic. You. But I'm just wanna say that you are doing exactly what you have set out to do, the legacy and everything that you have imagined. And I'm super excited to be um a cheerleader in the background. And, and yours, you're doing amazing things with Middle Lou and yeah. everything. Shout out, so thank you. Um, I received that, but I just want to say I'm super duper. Uh, just like when I think about it, I'm just, I, I just become speechless. Um, and just know that I'm I'm inspired by you daily, inspired by the vision that you continue to create for yourself and what you're doing, and. Um, and it's it's such an honor just to be able to hold a, a space physically. The honor is mine. Your life. Yeah, so um that's what I gotta say. You're a you're a badass. Anyway. Thank you, and you uh, are too. We're really about to change the world. The world is not ready. The world's not ready. Um that's crazy. But not ready. <laughs> But of course, now, where can the people find you and follow you and your stuff? Hit them with the. So they can follow Curly Beauty at all, all platforms or Curly Haired Chic on all platforms. So that's Curly Haired, C-H-I-C. And then Curly Beauty is curl with an E at the end, beauty. And that's it. Okay, that's it. All right, everybody, hope you enjoyed the show. And we are out thank you so much for taking a chance to listen slash watch the podcast episode super grateful for all your support make sure you follow us on social media at campus cuts pod be able to check out the youtube um twitch and as well as twitter periscope live streams if you want to have the chance to get the replay make sure you share it to your friends families significant others and anybody that is interested in listening to authentic conversations with great guests and people make sure you do that thanks so much for all the help tap in have a blessed day